The first reading is taken from 1 John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. And you can be found on page 236 of the Church Bibles in the New Testament section. The Word of Life. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed and we have seen it and testify to it and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the Gospel reading. The Gospel reading is taken from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 11, and can be found on page 106. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus, the true vine. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit, Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let's pray. We pray that you would reveal yourself, Lord Jesus, this morning and make the changes in us and our lives that you want to make. Amen.
Why are we here? What is the point of church services? To quote the service of morning prayer, we have come together in the name of Christ to offer our praise and thanksgiving, to hear and receive God's holy word, to pray for the needs of the world and to seek the forgiveness of our sins, that by the power of the Holy Spirit we may give ourselves to the service of God. There are distinct overlaps with the practice of the early church. Acts 2.42 states that the first Christians devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. We're in continuity with them. Last week we dealt with the breaking of bread, Holy Communion. This week we're dealing with the Apostles' teaching, God's Holy Word. A devoted church is devoted to the Apostles' teaching because it's only through their spirit-given testimony that we come to know Christ, which is eternal life. This is how the Apostle John begins his first letter. He and the other apostles were eyewitnesses to the word of life, Jesus, the person and the teaching. He lived among them. God's greatest communication is Jesus, come among us in the flesh. They saw, heard and touched him, even though they're beyond this world now. They pass on their testimony to all future believers through their writings, so that we too can receive eternal life and enjoy fellowship with them in God. They are the spirit-given gatekeepers to fellowship with the Father and the Son. Jesus himself says that we remain in him by ensuring his words remain in us. And by doing so, we'll bear much fruit as his disciples. Moreover, it's in keeping his commands that we remain in his love and experience his joy. Such words and commands only come to us through the Apostles' teaching. What is the Apostles' teaching? We can only scratch the surface here. Firstly, we have what the Apostles recorded of what they heard Jesus say and saw him do. We have the great block of teaching, that's the Sermon on the Mount, recorded variously by Matthew, Mark and Luke. We can sum up Jesus' moral and ethical teaching as love God with all your being and your neighbour as yourself. Everything else is elaboration. Other examples besides that and our passage from John 15 are sayings like, I and my Father are one. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Before Abraham was, I am. 
I am the resurrection and the life. The Son of Man came to give his life a ransom for many. You will die in your sins unless you believe that I am he, God. Secondly, it's what the apostles taught about Jesus. In 1 John 1-4, with what was from the beginning the word of life, John is harking back to the prologue of his gospel in John 1, 1-14. In the beginning was the word. There he's explaining that Jesus is God. The word was with God. The word was God. Paul says the same thing in his letter to the Colossians. Jesus is the image or exact representation of the invisible God in whom all the fullness of God dwells. John goes on to write that the word who was and is God became flesh and lived among us and we saw his glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. Peter can claim eyewitness status in his second letter of the Father's confirming Jesus as his Son at the Transfiguration, an event Matthew, Mark and Luke record in their Gospels. With Jesus' life and teaching in mind, Paul wrote to his younger friend Timothy, Timothy, there is one God, there is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself ransom for all. John the Baptist said, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Apostle John's summary is that God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. The Apostle's teaching was in lockstep with Jesus's. Their aim was that people would believe, be saved and have eternal life. What are the implications for how we live? We might regard the cross as the gateway to salvation that we don't stray far from. The key question then is, how do I please the Lord? We do it by keeping Christ's great commandments elaborated on in the Apostles' teaching. Love God with all of your being and your neighbour as yourself. Or, as Jesus expanded the second to, love one another as he loves us, sacrificially. As John writes in chapter 15, 9 and 10, we can't remain in Jesus' love unless we keep his commandments. To not do so is to become fruitless, and be pruned out, both as individuals and as a church. Jesus' gracious remaining with us isn't 
an invitation to settle down and ignore the rest of the world. It's a call to follow him in his mission of redeeming the world. We must share his and the apostles' teaching with those around us that they might believe. We as church must bear the fruit of holy lives and witness. Otherwise we're like the Pharisees and Sadducees Jesus condemned, a fruitless members club rather than a fishing fleet. Closed churches, ancient and modern, that haven't remained in Jesus are the prunings. Consider the age profile of this church, skewed to the upper age range. Is this the early sign of our being pruned out? How many of the 13 guests on our current Alpha courses have come because of personal invitation rather than just responding to notices? Might there not be many more if we took the matter of sharing the Apostles' teaching more seriously and invited and accompanied those we know and hopefully love who are outside faith? With prayer being how we speak to God and access all he has for us, how is it that of the 350 or so in church on a Sunday, only 20 or so turn up at the quarterly prayer meeting? Perhaps we need to examine ourselves as to whether we are remaining in Christ and his love. Experiencing God's love, knowing Christ's joy and being fruitful as God's church all flow from being devoted to the Apostles' teaching. We can't know God's love without the Apostles' teaching. We can't experience Christ's joy without the Apostles' teaching. And we can't be fruitful without the Apostles' teaching. Both of our readings speak powerfully of the importance of Christ's word that come to us through his appointed apostles. They encourage us to receive humbly the gracious gift of God's revelation to us. Without the New Testament witness, we would know little of Christ, a convicted criminal who led a transient minor Jewish sect. That highlights the remarkable gift that the Apostles' teaching is for us now. As we gather as God's children each Sunday, we do so to be fed by him as we hear his holy word read and preached and as was outlined last week by sacrament. A church's maturity and growth is linked fundamentally to its devotion to the Apostles' Spirit-given words. How do you access the Apostles' teaching? Do you spend time aside reading your Bible? 
There are excellent Bible notes available to help you. If you're interested, talk to my wife, Leslie, the lady in the hat. I also recommend small groups, home and echo groups, where we can learn with others. Please talk to a member of the clergy if you aren't in one, but are interested. Along with sermons, let's all take every opportunity to absorb the Apostles' teaching. Let's then live it out so that we can experience God's love, know Christ's joy, and be fruitful as God's church. Let's pray, therefore, that 2023 will be a year where all saints, personally, in our small groups and corporately, grows more and more to be devoted to the Apostles' teaching. So be it. Let's pray. Our Lord and our God, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, make this year different for each of us and as a church. Make it the year that we're truly devoted to the Apostles' teaching and so live lives worthy of your calling to us. We ask it for your glory's sake. Amen.